What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. <sighs> The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Kelsey Cook, and today I'm doing an episode with an incredible guest I have on, Drew Lynch. He is one of my favorite comics. He is so goddamn funny and is just absolutely killing it. He's got millions of followers. He sells out theaters across the country. And some of you might have uh, been introduced to Drew through America's Got Talent. He was a finalist on that show. And his career has just really exploded ever since. And he talked about some really, really um, interesting and deep things on this episode that we haven't had a guest talk about before. So Drew actually, um, he went through a traumatic softball injury um, that damaged his vocal cords and also um, gave him brain trauma. And then he developed a stutter from that. And so his past, oh, I I don't know how many years exactly, but I, I believe over a decade now, he has been working to try to um, overcome his stutter. And he, he talks on this episode about what things have helped him through that process, what that's been like emotionally, psychologically, physically. And I think he's just truly such an inspiration. And I found it so interesting to hear what his process has been so powerful. So I hope that you guys really enjoy hearing him talk about his whole journey with all of that. He also has incredible specials on his YouTube. Please go subscribe to his YouTube channel. It's Drew Lynch. Uh, You can follow him on social media at the Drew Lynch. That's L-Y-N-C-H. And I just hope you guys enjoy this episode. I I thought it was a really, really fantastic interview from from him. So uh, this is coming out on June 12th. So I'm going to be at Flappers in Burbank headlining there on um, Saturday, June 24th. The tickets might be sold out by now. So 
I'm not sure, but so many other dates coming up. I'll be in Phoenix in July, uh, Davenport, Iowa in August, as well as Dania Beach, Florida, and then tons in the fall. I'm trying to do fewer tour dates in the summer just to have a little bit of a summer vacation and relax. But again, so many tickets that you can go get at KelseyCook.com. And uh, also you can watch my special, The Hustler, on YouTube. So with that, uh, I think that's it. And we're going to go ahead and get into the episode now with Drew Lynch. Enjoy. All right. Thanks so much for recording with me, Drew. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Kelsey Cook. I'm talking about how much I haven't seen you, dude. I know we were saying that it's been uh, since pre-pandemic, which is insane. This is a bit of a subject change, but we always yeah, sure. with our guests, we always ask what your favorite or least favorite quote is. So I was wondering if you had one that you could share. Yeah, I think I I, I, I went against my natural inclination to, 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 to shit on a quote. I think I actually <laughs> wanted to... I wanted to find one that I think has more legs in talking about. And it's so, it's so like, I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kitsch or it's hokey or whatever, but I think it's mm-hmm. applicable. Um, I went with the Henry, I went with the Henry Ford's quote about, um, you know, when everything feels like they're against you, you know, the plane takes off against the wind, you know, not with it. Um, and God saying it out loud, I just feel like such a, like, God, I'm such a little, <laughs> fucking bitch so you know no. what i hate that quote no i hate it i actually hate that quote you know why I hate no. it? it's because you can go take a train you don't need to fly uh. <laughs> no our podcast is the most supportive wonderful community of people they want to hear your favorite quotes we do the most cheesy corny girly quotes ever on here but i think they're good i think good quotes are important yeah, I agree. I mean, I uh, if you can visualize one or you have one that's really like a mantra for yourself and that carries you through your to-do list every day, then yeah. you know, um yeah, and so that's that's kind of my more my 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 north star just because I feel like my career's been pretty atypical in terms of, you know, I don't I don't have like a candy land approach to my to my well to my life or to mm. my career where it's not like you just draw a card and you just go to the next color it just feels like uh uh I mean no career is linear but I just you know in the vested interest of creating opportunities for yourself which you know you did recently with 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 with, with I mean we've done it already but with Hustler which I saw which was amazing I think it's crazy that we're not even talking about that we're starting with me which thank is ridiculous. you but, you're the <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, yeah. So uh, that, that, that to me, I think is the most applicable. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. We, we talk on the show quite a bit about how insane it is that in comedy, it's so not linear. And I feel like there are a ton of people's careers that are, a lot of my friends went into nursing and the sort of medical field where it's like, they just know you go to this school and you go to this school and then you get that job. And I love your Candyland analogy. I've never heard that one before, but that's such a great visual of that. A lot of careers, you just flip the card and you go to the place and then, and stand up. You're just like, well, I'm going to shout these things uh, in this college cafeteria and hope that this pans out in five to seven years, (laughs) but it's a real gamble. It's a real yeah, game. that's how it is. Yeah, that's how it is. I mean, I just think like we're we're 
I mean, I, and but when I say that, I think for a long time the 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 rubric was to you get like a a, a a late night, and then you're on Comedy Central, and then you have maybe like a half hour, and then it's whatever, and then yeah. like you know. But now, and not just because of not just because of me or because of you, but the landscape altogether has changed just because of how accessible comics can be with their audience and how many yeah. opportunities we can take for ourselves. Um, and I think that gatekeepers are less and less relevant to mm -hmm. networks and all that. But at the same time, when something when something pans out well, you can take responsibility for it. But when it doesn't, you also have thought to take responsibility for it. So, you know, yeah. uh, that that uh, I think it's I think it's easy for I think it's easy for all of us to feel like everything is against you and when you start doing that then you you switch into like a victim mindset and I've, mm -hmm. I've had so many I've had so many adversities in my life where I got I, I, I think I came I came to the precipice of just like all right let's not let's not feel like the world's beating you know I don't want to be a bit mm. you know if you if yeah. you witness a victim like if your parent like if you see like a parent or like a family member or somebody who's just everything is so negative everything is happening to them and it's like when you see it happening and you start to see that same kind of vernacular being spewed from yourself every more or even just as your subconscious and then um it, it's just yeah. not healthy and uh we live in a business of comparison and we live in a business of rejection and it's i just uh i i, I want to try to always feel like i'm happy for my peers while at the same time just seeing uh that i can uh that that again like i've, I've just i've had I've, I've had an atypical path up, up to this point and so that quote always is uh i guess helped me america's got talent was and correct me if i'm wrong was that the first major thing that you did that got you a lot of exposure yeah i did uh i did nbc for diversity in um 2014 and but no nothing really materialized from that so i think america's got talent was the kind of the um i guess the catalyst or the you know the springboard sure. for it all prior to that i heard sure. tony baker say to me i heard tony baker say to me he was like uh, if you want to get on tv you got to do like you got to get up every night multiple times a night and he said that he did like 500 sets in a year um oh for God. him to get on tv so in 2014 that's what i did i set that goal to do 500 and then um Whoa. yeah and then the next year I did America's Got Talent so it's not it's not necessarily like it's like oh you you just do that and then it is just assumed that you get on television obviously that's not the that's not guaranteed for anything but it's just the idea is that you just get so comfortable in any environment and you get so comfortable with you and your voice that you're I guess ready for you know for anything so yeah yeah and <laughs> we were talking before the show recorded today about self-growth and i i'd seen you post something recently maybe on facebook about the transitions that you've gone through in life because when you did america's got talent you had a stutter and you had talked recently on facebook about how through um was it speech therapy mm -hmm. that that is now has it gone away completely or is it um just dramatically lessened and that people have associated you with this certain brand and they want you to almost keep doing that yeah it's yeah and it's like if there's anything that i feel like i always want to be it's honest or or, or and transparent i want to be genuine like when i see other comics on the scene if i if i you know if i didn't yeah, everybody's going through their own thing at all times. And so um, 
yeah, I, I still stutter sometimes, but it's, it's, I, you know, I go, people don't see all the remedial therapies that I've been doing for over a decade. And, um, you know, I, I really spent a lot of time. I, I was actually grateful. I was in the camp of feeling that the pandemic was a good thing because I was getting, I was just getting burnt out and I wasn't able to, um, I wasn't able to sustain the, the hits to my health, mm-hmm. um, while trying to maintain that, that, that same workload. So I think, um, I'm proud of my, I'm, 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 I'm proud of the fact that I wanted to get better just because there was, there were so many things that were, there were so many, there were so many things that were, uh, happening with my health that were, un were making it more difficult for me to, um, work hard and do shows and, and, mm. and, and enjoy myself. Um, it's just, it's, it's exhausting when you stutter. It's like, it's just, it's just, it's, you're, you're, you're thinking, it's not even this, it's not even just the, the, the physical act of stuttering. It's that your brain is just going all the time. You're thinking about how can you yeah. say this differently? How can you come around this? Maybe, maybe you don't have to say this. How does this person feel about me saying this? It's just, it's, it's so much around surrounding the task of talking rather than just talking itself. And, um, yeah, speaking, speaking, speaking to how that, that affected, how that affects my audience or uh, even a brand like everything's brands and mm-hmm. i just you know well i i got my start on america's got talent by making all these self-deprecating jokes about my stutter and that might be how someone um came to discover me or came to came to came to uh find my comedy but um you know if I'm good, if it's, if it's growing and it's getting better and it's better, so it's better. So I can feel better about myself with it. I'm not going to be dishonest by, uh, try to yeah. try trying to maintain a brand just for the, for, for, for stutter's sake or for career sake, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, and that's, and that's a, that's a challenge. I mean, it's a challenge because I think it's, it's, it's a big part of what separates me from say someone else, but at the same time, um, it's also something that I, I like, I like the lessons that I learned from it. I like the perspective that I, that I got from it and it taught me, um, it taught me a lot of things and it, and, and above all, I think it just, it, it kind of seasoned who I am or maybe made me, maybe actualized, uh, myself a little bit from just, you know, having that bit of adversity. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure you've had to talk about it uh, ad nauseum. And so if you don't want to get into the uh, origin of it, we don't have to. We can. I don't care. Yeah, I had a softball. I had a softball injury when I was 20. So I fielded or didn't field or misfielded a softball and it hit me in the throat. And I I fell back and I hit my head on the ground and I had a a major concussion and a vocal contusion from it but later i found out that you know i wasn't treated properly for a traumatic brain injury and so uh you know last year last year i ended up doing the the ketogenic diet plus a lot of brain exercises and anti-sycod seeing a neurologist working with him to really just try and figure out uh get 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 my brain get my get my brain operating from a place of uh, from like equalizing, like equalizing everything that and, and all the chemicals in my brain from something that just didn't, that never really healed. And so, um, for years I was just, for years I was just stuttering and I was, 
it was, I was just operating from a place of uh, fight or flight all, all the time. And, um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, that was, that's, that's, that's basically what happened. Oh yeah. And I had, I just, I had a, uh, uh, cause I never wanted to do stand up, and I, and I don't know if I told you that or not ever, no. but I never wanted to do, yeah, I never wanted to do stand up. I only wanted to do acting. That's the whole reason I moved out to LA and I had reps and then when the injury happened, they dropped me. And so, you know, uh, stand up is just oh, such a, God. such a thing where you can be in control of everything. And I, I love performing so much. So that I still just kind of made that transition over to doing stand up. Wow. So you weren't doing stand up before the injury. No, I got on stage two times and I bombed, wow. um, bombed my, bombed my balls off on it. And I just, <laughs> I just, I thought that, yeah, I mean, I just thought that like stand up was just about like, I thought it was just about being like the cool guy and being, you know, yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. And really, you know, that you just don't have anything. I didn't have anything to talk about. I just, I thought it was about, you know, trying to seem better or trying to elevate yourself in a story rather than really it's the opposite, which I think is just, you know, being human or having an experience that's, that's, that's human that, that yeah. makes you seem like you're just like everybody else. So wow. uh, yeah. to me, that was, yeah, to, to me, that was, I, I only had just the, I had some other comics kind of encourage me and mm -hmm. say to go on stage and make some jokes about it. And that was kind of, uh, that was kind of how it kind of, you know, started. And that was like 2000, like 2012. Holy shit. That's only so wild to me to hear people's origin stories because you are so insanely talented and so meant for stand-up. In my opinion, you know, like, I feel like you were born to be a comedian. And so the fact that that wasn't even initially what you wanted to do, it kind of hmm. just, you, you fell into it. That's, that's such a, a crazy origin story. And when you went through the injury, had they told you that you would have the stutter for life? What was that initial prognosis? Yeah, they told me it would come back shortly. They told me it would come back in a in a few weeks, a few months, try to monitor it, try to make progress. And those first few years, there wasn't much progress at all. I mean, it was, yeah. it was, it was just, it was, I mean, there was the comfort always of being in front of like a crowd of people, but I like I would much prefer I much prefer being and I don't know you you might be the same but I I much prefer being in front of a crowd than I do in front of like a like in just a one-on-one -on -one conversation I find myself stuttering more when it's just a one-on-one -on -one rather than uh rather than in a crowd um but uh but yeah they told me they told me it would be just a few weeks to a few months and uh it didn't it didn't get better in that time frame so then that was when it started to set in where it was like this might be a this might be a permanent thing. And I just, I battled just, I, I, I just, I, cause then it's like, I got so proud of myself for the fact that I dug myself out of that hole of feeling like this was the end of my, once it became clear that this was my speech pattern for the rest of my adult life, I had a bit of an existential sort of, what am I going to do to, validate myself and stand up was that stand up was that thing that yeah. was like well if i can if i could write a joke or if i could make fun of myself or if i could still perform to people maybe i have some uh maybe there's some still some value that i have and then and then over the years you know you get you get success or you get some 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 victories and then 
people almost they would want to turn turn that on you too to where it's like well he's only successful because mm-hmm. of this or you know or 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 we can't even be sure if that's a the if he actually stutters or if that's a real uh. thing he deals with or you know so I've gotten really good at I've gotten really good since then at not caring about that shit at all. But at the same time, I just I always thought it was just so it's just this like catch twenty two or this vicious circle of no one ever feeling like uh, you could ever you know you, no it's it's just this this weird thing where it's like no one yeah. wants to see anybody else succeed. I love I love getting to see peers of mine succeed, and I know and I think maybe that's just because of my past that I, I I know that there's so many things about there's so many things with comics that you don't we don't even know about you know we don't even know what it is like you find out all the time you're like oh yeah my my dad died tragically like this or I or I battle with addiction or whatever so you know yeah we all I think sometimes some of us operate from a place of insecurity myself included and um um to me that that was always just this twist of the knife where it was like uh uh, he, 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 here I am trying to just do something to validate my existence since this injury changed the whole trajectory and the whole course of what I had intended for my life that um, uh, uh, for people to think that it's just a gimmick or that, that that's the only reason that I did ever have anything. I, I really battled that for, uh, I really battled d- dealing with that as the criticism for so long. Oh, I, I can't even imagine uh the level of anger that that would create in me uh it's just beyond because like you said and and this is something i hadn't even thought about is how difficult it is for us on stage just to get through our hour in terms of memorization and if we're adding in new material and all of this stuff all of the rhythm of it and then with what you have been battling against that you have it's like 50 other layers of things that you have to be thinking about and so for somebody to question if you're making that up it just it makes me angry for you I I can't imagine uh did you ever go through um did you go to support groups ever or do anything that made you feel more connected with other people who might struggle with a similar thing yeah, I I did I I did I uh, yeah, there's a mentor program that I did for a while where you're in you're in a support group with much younger kids. Most most people who stutter are really young. Um, it's not super. It is com- it can be common in adults, but it's mostly common in 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 kids like young uh young kids like five to six. And there's a uh, there's a camp that I'm a part of uh, now every, every during the summertime called Camp Say, and they. They, uh, they are, they're, you know, it, it, a lot of it is kids, but a lot of it's also just the parents of kids who've reached out to me to, to talk to me since then about, um, you know, what it is. And, and it's like, it, it, I think it extends itself to more than just people who stutter. There, there are so many people who are remarkable at the things that they do, be it their vocation or whatever, um, in spite of their circumstances and, uh, and, uh, and, um, um, uh, it, 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 the, the, I would say the support, the support system that I did have were, was, was comedy and just being around comedy. I mean, yeah. you can get, you know, I, I had a lot, I got lucky in that I had a lot of opportunities early on, like America's Got Talent that happened when I think I was 
I think I was three or four years in and it, I, it was, it was, it was a, it was a lucky thing that I, that I got. And I got the sense that there were some comics who were supportive and some weren't, but I know that, I know that there were a few that were uh, very much in the camp of feeling like that was something that I needed for myself because I was just, I was just, I was looking for just some external thing to try and validate at least my life with uh within this realm of this new reality for myself for for everything moving forward yeah carmax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you because at carmax we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car you should love your car That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is it more common for, I, I don't know that much about stutters, is it more common for somebody to be born with that? and have it be like you said more uh, young age or mm. did you find other people who also did not have one and then went through an injury and then mm-hmm. struggled with it later yeah it is more, yes and yes it's but it's more okay. common for people to have it happen at a young age i don't think it's ever something that happens from birth it's usually something that happens in someone's childhood okay. i mean that that that's traumatic or something that they just they weren't able to figure out how to process or they weren't they weren't given the tools um to be able to deal with whatever that was at a young age um and then yes there are also adults who they either had a surgery or they had a a car accident or um they had a stroke or they uh they had some of they they were in a war (laughs) you know there's so many people who you know there's so many people who for any given reason I think I think I think pain stores itself in a in a strange way sometimes, and yeah. so um, yeah. But there are definitely adults out there who all of a sudden, kind of similar to kind of similar to my thing, where it was just the night before it wasn't that, and the next day it was. God, yeah, that aspect of it is something that's hard to wrap my head around. Like you mentioned, that sort of identity crisis of like, this is who I've been my whole life, and now I am this person this version of myself and you mentioned that you were doing a a keto diet and doing specific brain Mm -hmm. exercises can you talk about that more and and why those particular things help for this yes i did a uh i met with a neurologist in in southern california Mm -hmm. uh sometime during the pandemic because for me i was just i was I was just doing yoga every day. I was just doing all the things like you can, you can like, we don't, we, we all do some version of this where we medicate ourselves somehow, or we inebriate ourselves with something. And if that's, if that's yoga and hot tea that you like, it's still a thing, you know what I mean? You still have to like, yes, those are healthy things, but don't like, 
like don't lie to yourself like you you do you do that because you're running you're, you're running from something um right, right. And, and those are health those just those are just healthy outlets you know what i mean for me it was like it, it just it went through just phases of just being like you know uh like i would do yoga for a really long time and then i got like a I, I, every morning and then i would and then i would do like i would do mushrooms and then i would do uh uh, like I would do float baths and I did, I did, or excuse me, yeah, float baths and, and uh, float tanks. And I did sound baths and I went to chiropractors and I did uh, physical therapy, speech therapy. I went to like, I went on like these, these silent retreats and I did uh, transcendental meditation. Like I was just doing so many things. And it was clear that the answer was just something that I was still unable to resolve on my own. So when mm -hmm. I met with this neurologist, he said, yeah, you just, you never healed your brain properly. And I was like, okay, well, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? You know, like, right. what, you know, right. uh, so can I, can I swear of on course. this? I'm sorry. Yes, of, of yeah, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but you know, but I, I so I was like, I just, I, how would I know? You know, they told me it was going to get, it was just like a freak thing and it was a bruised vocal cord and, um, and, uh, that nerve damage will heal on its own. So when I wasn't given those resources, uh, uh, he said the best thing to do is you have to, there's inflammation in your brain. The best way for inflammation to to heal itself is you can't have any you can't have any sugars sugar is one thing that it's it's an inflammant so it it continues it continues to make or exacerbate those already those cells have not healed themselves and mm -hmm. so you then go through these brain uh, you know i had to do these brain answer exercises where i met with him you know two or three times a week where you know, anti sitcoms are through the eyes. So if you, uh, you know, you would, you would like follow dots on a screen and then, um, you know, you would do like infrared while you stood on one foot and then switch to the other foot. And then you had to like, you stare at a, stare at like a, it's like a map with a, with a laser, like a headband laser thing. And you would have to follow it, you know, and, wow. um, and then like, you know, I started to like challenge my brain in other ways where I started to, you know, uh, learn a new language. And then I started taking like soccer lessons because the motor skills of that like works from left brain to right brain. So there's just been so many things that brain wise have helped, uh, have helped me. But uh, above all, it was just that I, I, I mean, the, the keto part was fucking hard. It's usually douche bros who are like, you know, I fucking, I keto and I don't drink. I'm up at 5.30 and, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. and that's just not who I, you know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, I, you know, I, I tripped and hit my head, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, right. I'm such a person who uh, I just don't like, to, you know, most people think that if you like people who also do, like the other version of people who need keto are like, like remission and, and chemo like people who are in chemo and right. like and 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 people who they they have autoimmune things where their body is attacking itself yeah. and for me that was basically what was happening and it it um and so there is it's like bridging this gap between the physical and emotional responses that you have to certain things and i I don't think it helped that all of my responses to being on stage, to meeting a new person, to feeling rejected, to feeling like a, like I'm like uh, like a comic or a person is judging me or an audience member is judging me. All of that was born from, like I said before, just being in fight or flight, and yeah. and uh, that's that's an emotional trigger that immediately puts you into a place of like, you know, shocking those uh, those chemicals. Um, yeah. So. Wow. And you feel like those, 
seeing the neurologist doing the keto diet, those are maybe the two biggest changes you've seen in, in the stutter. I think it, I think it, I think it, honestly, I think those things were, I think those were ways to troubleshoot the real underlying issue, which was that the less that I cared about it, the more, the the more progress I saw. And, and it, and it, and in one way, in one way, it teaches you to care very much about the, the rigidity of that regimen. But at the end of the day, like, it, it also just taught me like, this is all bullshit, you know, like, this is all like, your brain is so it teaches you how powerful your brain really is. And I'm not someone who's like, you know, I'm not someone who's like into the brains that like, this isn't Joe Rogan, like, (laughs) but I'm not someone who's like, the brain is crazy, you know, like, this is not that podcast. But at the same time, at the same time, your, your brain is powerful enough to tell you all the time that your future is dictated by your past. You believe something that happened because it happened to you. And so you you then live your life on, with that subconscious setting. There's a setting yeah. that's just pre pre program. It's pre programming. Yeah. And when I started to realize that that was something that doesn't need to, it doesn't need to, um, it doesn't need to go that same way. I don't need to take that same, um, I don't need to take that same brain brain wavelength every single time. Right. Uh, uh, you know, it's just, then you can really start to kind of hack what, where your problems are. And I'm not like, I still have loads of problems. I still have loads of shit that I have to like figure out and, and, and emotional things and why it matters so much to me to, 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 to get support from people when in actuality, just like the quote we're talking about, like I tend to do my best work when like my back is against the wall, when I do have people who don't believe in me or when I do, when I do have, uh, uh just forces that are unprecedented that for whatever reason have the appearance of being against me or or actually are against me and that goes back to even after my injury when friends and friends started to distance themselves and and family started to kind of react a little bit weirdly you know it's like uh it you know it 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 just it it's a it's a hard thing to to go through when you're when you're doing it by yourself but at the same time i've gotten so much more confident and so much more sure of myself because uh if i rely just on me then that's all i have to stay in control of and um you know that's how you know that ties in earlier with our conversation of careers not being so linear and people Mm -hmm. being able to people being able to take a little bit more of the opportunities in their into their own hands. Yeah, I really resonate too with you talking about simplifying self-care and that you there was a period of time where you were kind of doing all of the things and that on the surface that can seem like oh wow they're really really taking care of themselves but then the underlying thing is like okay well why why do I feel like I need to do 20 different things and a lot of that was part of the basis of why we started this podcast six years ago was because there, there is so much self-help stuff out there now and self-improvement and all of that. And so we wanted to try to sift through it and figure out what was bullshit or what worked for us, what didn't work for us. 
but I, I found myself getting back into a similar place. It sounds like you were in um, these past couple of years before I moved to Minneapolis. I was living in Spokane and helping take care of my mom. My mom got diagnosed with a really progressive form of dementia. And I had started to take on like three or four different appointments every week on the days I was home from the road where I was like, I would go get acupuncture. I would go do a craniosacral appointment. I would, uh, I tried rolfing. I, I was doing all, I had at least three or four appointments every week within a three or four day time period. And I think, you know, I was trying to get some stuff healed with my own body and the way that we travel and tour is so fucking hard on our bodies. And sometimes it feels like you need an extra level of help just to keep your immune system. Okay. But I think I was also probably trying to have something bigger help me with what has been going on with my mom. And I lived alone at the time and it just, sometimes you have to take a step back and be like, okay, I think I'm doing this with good intentions, but this is probably too much. And I don't know that this is actually helping. It's maybe freaking my body out more to be constantly trying to fix stuff. Yeah. I mean, you've heard it a million times. So you'll be at, you'll be at a lunch with someone and you hear someone behind you being like, Oh my God, I do this thing. And it's just like, you hear that they buy that that's their thing that Mm -hmm. they need that thing. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like in a month or two, it, it, you know, or three, it's, it it could switch, you know, like it, and it probably will because there is something all the time that's underlying and, I don't know, we can get it can get foo fooey with like, oh, pains underneath and it's emotional, but it's true. It like it, it does, it does manifest itself and uh, materialize in a way that you, you know, you, 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 you might need to, uh, it it can look, it can have the appearance of running from it um, through, through different, different things. And I'm not, not advocating to find that thing that really does give you that piece. It's just, um, sometimes that 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 emotional barrier is one that is harboring so many of these triggered responses yeah okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah, I don't know if you feel this way too, and I don't know if this is kind of a generational thing just in this time we're in with social media and a million things to do, but I have a really hard time resting, and that is often the thing that I need the most, and I think that was part of me taking on so many appointments too was just 
being like, well, this is, this is going to be more effective for me to go do acupuncture, to go do all this than to just sit around all day. But really it's like, you need to just sit sometimes, especially in the line of work <laughs> we do, where we're putting our body through different time zones constantly and on planes and different hotel beds. And that's something that I'm really trying to learn this year is to just embrace actually taking days off during the week. And that doesn't mean going and doing three different appointments. It's like just actually absolutely on the couch. <laughs> absolutely. And it's so hard. You know, I think, I don't know who said this. I don't know who said this. I think it might've actually been Chris Rock, but he said, you know, you know, when you have a, when you have, when you have a job, like you, you, you have so much time. And then when you have a career, there just seems to be no time. Yeah. And and that's just because, you know, like when you're at, when you're, when you're like standing at work, you're like, Oh my God, two more hours. You're just like, Oh, but when you're, when you work for yourself, I don't, I tend to think we're not, we're not kind employers. Like, cause we're both, we're employers mm, and we're employees. Not at all. Yeah. And, and I don't, <laughs> I don't think we're very forgiving or relenting sort of employers, you know? And I think we're, we can be very diligent or, you know, some comics, maybe not so diligent employees, but but uh, yeah, I, I mean, if you if you like, my thing right now is like, I'll, I'll get a at night, I'll get a cup of tea and I stretch. Like, I just, I just like, mm -hmm. I'll sit in the split, I'll sit in the splits and literally do emails. I look ridiculous, but at the same time, that's <laughs> kind of like that's my happy place. That's my that's my peace thing. And then if I really want to get into like a like a deep, just quiet stretch, uh, my phone has to be in the other. Like, I can't even be, I I can't even near it. My earbuds can't be in my my iPhone, my i my iWatch, my iPhone watch can't be on me. Like, it, it's just. Um, it's hard and then I'll find myself like popping up feeling for my phone and be like, Oh, that's in the, that's mm -hmm. in the, that's in the other room. And so it's, um, it's just, it's, it's very, very, very difficult to try and find that thing when you are your own business. 100%. And I have struggled over the, I mean, this is year 14 of doing comedy with the concept that there is no finish line there is no, in school, it's like you, you do your homework, you do your test and you get a gold star on your paper. And it's all, mm -hmm. there's, there's such a linear thing in mind of what you're going toward. And in comedy, it's just all up to you. You get to decide how far you want to go, how hard you want to work, what mm -hmm. you want to try and accomplish. And I have always been such an overachiever. And so it's hard for me to try to chunk out work of like, this mm -hmm. is a reasonable amount of things to do this day or this week. It just mm -hmm. feels like, <laughs> like you get to one amount of followers on an app and you feel excited for five minutes and then you go, okay, so now I have to try to get to the next amount mm -hmm. of followers. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah, I, even though yeah. I co-host a self-help podcast, I still have not figured out how to, uh, how to master that feeling. It's really hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I I don't blame you at all. And there's a there's a metric on your progress now, especially with comedians, and it is followers. It is followers, or it's views, or it's mm -hmm. ticket sales, or whatever. It's a numerical uh, metric that you can use to try and monitor at least that you're headed towards a a a, a trajectory that's you know going up. Yeah. And um, and I think the reason that it's uh that 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 it you know some of these comics. I mean, you look at some of these big guys, they didn't get big until 20 years, 20 something years in, you know, 
And yeah. uh, there's some, that's not really a quote, but it's, there's some sort of, uh, you can, there's some sort of solace you can find in the fact that, you know, Bill Burr wasn't Bill Burr until like recently, you know, yeah. like recently, yeah. you know, so it's, uh, so it, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm such a destination type person. I'm, I'm, I, I love just getting there and just, and, and then we did it. But at the same time, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's hokey, but it's like, you know, if you, if you get there, it's only until, just like you said, you're, you're there for five minutes and then it's on to whatever, I guess that next thing is. And so when people say, enjoy the process, it only really matters or has merit if it's coming from someone who is at that, at the top of their field or at the top there, because if they can say, if they can look back at where, if they can look back with as successful as they are and say, I think I should have enjoyed the process a bit more then at least you, you get something, you get something a little bit more meaningful and you don't feel this, this, this rush or this sense of, uh, that you need to validate yourself through that metric. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I also wanted to talk to you about, we've been, circling back to not caring about what people think and Mm -hmm. doing what we do. It's so hard to battle against that because we're constantly getting feedback in real time from our crowds. Mm -hmm. And then also now people are so wildly opinionated online. And I love the Mm -hmm. quote so much. I always try to think about the one from AA Milne about um, the people who matter don't mind and the people who mind don't matter. I feel like that's a, Mm -hmm. a good one to hold on to, but what what has helped you to shed caring what people think about you? Oof, man, it's like asking. I feel like asking any comic that is going to be such a hard, hard thing because I think it's a big part of why so so many of us are in this. Mm-hmm. So many of us are in in to fill that void of like feeling wanted or feeling validated just by who we are. Yeah, and it is it. It is fickle. It's, 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 I think the most complex thing is to feel like, Hey, I, I absolutely need you. I need you to be here to laugh at the things that I said and wrote and validate my love language, which is communication, which isn't really, isn't really an established, I guess, love language, but I figured out for myself. (laughs) Yeah. I figured out for myself, if, if you could, if you can communicate to someone and that they can communicate that they, that you're understood or that, uh, uh, to me that, 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 that's absolutely what fills my love mm-hmm. cup. And so when doing, when doing stand up, that's exactly what it is. And I think, I think it's just this weird relationship to be like, okay, I need, I need you for this time that I'm on stage. And then when I'm off stage, I need you to not say, I don't need you anymore. Like, I don't like, don't <laughs> talk to me. Like, well, you know, <laughs> it, 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 it. And it's like, it, it like, it can come off as us being, I think, selfish or even dismissive of that, but, or, or, or even just binary and how we deal with it. But mm-hmm. I, I think that's the healthiest way, because <clears throat> if you get, if you get too caught up in <clears throat> the way someone feels about something or, 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 or a, a thing you said, or maybe like, yes, it's our, it's our job to modify it and edit it and get the best version of that. Um, but it can't be the whole it can't be the whole 
thing that dictate it can't be the whole everything it can't be the whole reason that you get dictated to what it is that you need to do or or or, or that or um that next step that you want to take and yeah. so i i've i i i think my my past with my speech has really taught me both of those things i've been I've been humiliated on and off stage by, by, I mean, people can do some, <clears throat> people can do some weird things. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's ignorant. Sometimes it's just because they're naive. And I think those are different things. I think if you're naive, you just simply don't know. If you're ignorant, you don't know, but you're also fucking stupid with how you handled it. You have no candor. It's like, you have, right. you don't know, but you have no candor. You know what I mean? That's the right. difference between naivety. And I've had both. And so when I, first started stand-up i always operated from an angry place and from a place that 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 people are always out to get me when really that's you know that's like a small percentage of the time mm -hmm. and um i think my stutters taught me that i need to just be okay with this 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 internal voice that I have, which is the one that tells me uh, I, I'm okay, that I can do well, that I can get better, that I can uh, that I can help. You know that that self affirming voice that we are supposed to have. Yeah. Um, the more that I, the more that I listen to that, uh, the less that I, I get like. I used to think, I think we work so hard to try and fit in. And I think the thing that's helped me the most is learn to embrace why I don't. Mm. And that's a great, um, that's a new quote by you. Wait for the next guy. Like, that's a stupid quote that he said. Um, <laughs> no. People are going to bring that on as their favorite. That's such a good one. Well, I don't know. I don't, I'm not trying, you know, but, but, but my, I mean, but my, yeah, I think it's true. I think it's that, you know, I've learned lately to embrace what makes, what makes me so weird. Like yeah. when I do meetings now, when I do meetings now with people, um, like, if, like a business meeting, like with it, like if you meet like a casting director or an exec, they'll be like, let's go to a lunch. And I'm like, let's go for a walk. Let's do a, let's, we can do a bike ride. We can walk, you know, we can grab yeah. coffees and do something. But to me, uh, that's just not who I am. I'm not someone like I don't. I don't even sit across the table at dinner with my wife now. We can sit at the bar. We can sit at the bar and be a part of it. But this, just this one, this is so we. It's like you think I'm weird. I think you think I'm weird for it. Like I think you're fucking weird. It's weird to sit and be forced to look at someone and talk at them. That's fucking weird, dude. When, when it, when before Jesus Christ did that? Did we do that? That's ridiculous. So. You know, like, I like that. I, 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 it's just, it's like, yeah, I, I just, I've always found myself to operate at a different kind of frequency and, and people kind of get like, I, I don't know. I just, I know for a fact there's people who, you know, might think that I, the way I do things is a bit unconventional or like atypical, but I think that that's what I just learned to lean into. Um, yeah. because, that's that's all that's all I have. All I can be is just honest with my process. And if that's my process, then I don't know. Maybe maybe at the end of maybe at the end of my career or at the end of my life, I'll get to look back and appreciate the fact that I, I, I leaned into it and didn't didn't shy away from it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh before we wrap up, I want to talk about your specials. So 
I, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you have m- multiple specials out that are <laughs> both recent. Is this right? I'm like, <laughs> I keep seeing, but I was like, oh, I think it's a different name of the other one. Tell me what's going on with all these specials. <laughs> uh, I filmed one. I filmed one in January and I released it in February. That one's just like a small, like I'm doing, I'm basically doing a, just mini specials this year. And okay. so I filmed that one. That that one's about 40 minutes. And that one's all pretty impersonal material. That's I, I, I talk about four subjects on it. And that one's uh, I talk about uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer series. I talk about uh, the homeless crisis and then vaccine and abortion. Real family friendly stuff. Amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. All the stuff. All the all the AGT hits. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then this, this next one that I, uh, recently filmed, um, is all very personal stuff, but not, not, um, it's buoyant personal stuff. So it's, it's self dep It's like self-deprecating, um, you know, there's stuff about my wife in there. There's stuff about my height, my sexuality, um, a lot of things in there that I think are, uh, uh, more, more personal. And what I wanted to do is just give two different sort of tastes and i know that i talked i talked a lot about i talked to you about this before the pod but just separating myself well not just doing these things that have maybe nothing to do with my past or my injury or my stutter or pandering or or you know which i've never done but it's just it i want it to be so clear that you know this is a this is a full human being who's a comedian and 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 regardless of his past or whatever those are just textures to right. to who he is and, and what and what he does so right and where can people find the one that came out in february and sure sure yeah tell tell everybody I'm how they can find stuff. yeah i'm sure i'm self-releasing those on my youtube channel so you can just it's just drew lynch um and you can just find me on um, YouTube, and then I, ha- I have a podcast of my own that we're going to have Kelsey on at some yes. point um, yes, uh, yes. called uh, called Did I Stutter? And uh, and so, <laughs> amazing name, yeah, incredible. I can't recommend for our listeners to go follow you enough. Truly, I I, I don't know if you feel this way, but we get so inundated on our socials with other comics clips. And I think there's just so many now that I scroll past most people's, but you're somebody who, whenever you post a new clip, I always stop and watch because I genuinely laugh out loud. I mean, your standup is just so fucking good. And uh, I'm so excited for you to keep kicking ass. I'm excited about these specials and, um, and thank you for the super kind words about my special too. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Absolutely. That's from me and my dad, both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, um, Drew, thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to record an outro and we'll be good to go. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Drew. Please remember to go follow him on social media at the Drew Lynch and go watch his specials on YouTube. Uh, we have an iTunes review of the episode. It is from Deepak Deepak. Uh, they say, so good, hilarious, three comics at the top of their games. Uh, thank you so much. You must be listening from the beginning right now when it's uh, me and Delaney and Taylor. Those were some very, very fun years. So if you're new to the podcast, remember to go back and listen. We've got 
six years worth of episodes now and uh taylor was with us for the first four of them about four yeah so lots of uh lots of episodes with tay and then we've had her come back on as a guest in the past couple years as well so check those out and uh no no big segment for today because i i just actually flew back from costa rica i got in late last night and i want to save talking about that as a segment for when delaney and i are on together so i'll give you guys a costa rica update soon but holy shit, it was such an incredible trip and i'm very excited to talk about it so uh i think that's it for now you guys i hope you're having a wonderful week and uh yeah we will talk to you next week all right bye Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. 